You're listening to the First Baptist Rockdale Sunday Sermons Podcast. First Baptist Rockdale is a church dedicated to making disciples who make disciples. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We're going through the book of Colossians. If you have your Bible, I would encourage you to open to Colossians. We're in chapter 2. Uh, my Bible looks like this when open to Colossians, so there's only this much left, okay? It's pretty far back there in the back of your Bible. Uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, then Colossians. Uh, just some little books that are all thrown together. Then you get First and Second Thessalonians and Timothy, and that's kind of where it is, okay? So, so generally in there in the middle of Paul's letters, you have this letter written uh, to the church in Colossae. And just to acclimate you to that church, small church, small town, uh, you know, just, just a little church out in the middle of nowhere. Um, not too far from Laodicea, which is also a not huge town, but, but shows up uh, in the book of Revelation later. Um, but, but it's a small church. And uh, Paul has heard about what's going on in the church. He's heard about some struggles in the church. He's heard about some positive things in the church. And so he's sitting in prison. He's got nothing else to do. So he's inspired by the Holy Spirit to write a letter to this church. And so he writes a letter to the church, praising them for what they've done well and encouraging them uh, to continue doing those things while avoiding the things that may be struggles in their lives. You know, the Christian life is full of struggles. It always has been. From the very beginning, Christians have struggled with being faithful. Uh, We struggle in in all sorts of areas. uh, And and so just know when you struggle, when you have a, a, a bad moment or a bad day, or maybe you had a bad week or a bad month, or some of you may be coming off a bad year. Uh, of, of being uh, not faithful. I want you to know that, that God, uh, right, right, He is a forgiving God. Right? Even, even as we wander down paths that are not where He asked us to be, right? He's calling us to repentance. Uh, but we've been struggling from the very beginning, yet God is gracious to us. So God is being gracious to this church here in Colossae by getting a letter written to Him. Paul writes this letter, and we pick up in chapter 2, starting in verse 6. This is what Paul says. Therefore... As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Okay, this is all I'm preaching on today. That's it. That's that's the entirety of what I'll be talking about today is two verses. You know, I listen to some preachers and they can do like half of one verse and talk for an hour. So sometimes I feel like I spoil y'all when I do two verses or eight verses or something like that. Um, but, but, but we're just covering two today, okay? Because we've got to stay on the track that I have laid out before us. But what he says here, he says, Just as you received Christ Jesus, walk in Him. The Christian life is a life of abiding and walking in Jesus. It is a daily walking in Jesus, but it's not walking in just Jesus as you see Him. Right? It's walking in Jesus as you received him. A lot of us, we, we try to manipulate and change Jesus as our days have gone forward. So initially, if you're a believer in Jesus, this is how it happened. I promise you this is how it happened because this is the only way it does happen. At some point, you, you realize that your sin, the bad things that you've done, separates you from God. And at some point that happens, and through the Holy Spirit's leading, it became clear to you that you do bad things, right? And that you can't fix that problem. And then Jesus enters in and says, you can't fix, but I will fix. And we all receive the same Christ, the Savior, 
the Lord of all creation. And we profess Jesus as our Savior. We ask him to cover our sins with his death on the cross. Uh, and then we ask him to be our Lord, to take control of our life, and to lead us forward. But as we walk with Jesus long enough, we slowly begin to try to take the wheel from Jesus. You know, that was, what was that, Carrie Underwood song, right? Jesus, take the wheel. I was, uh, was at the Rockdale versus Lexington game. And I don't know what we did. We did something ridiculous, I guess. And someone behind me is like, Jesus, take the wheel. Right? I was like, I was like that's, that's pretty good right there. That's pretty good. Whatever we did, on, it was on offense or defense, uh, was, was a disaster. And some fan behind me was like, oh, Jesus. And then they realized that might have been blasphemy, so they said, take the wheel, which I thought was funny. Uh, made me smile just a little bit from a few rows up. Oh, also, this is free, just gifts for y'all from me watching college football yesterday. I was watching uh, Texas Tech versus University of Houston. By the way, A&M fans here today, God bless y'all. Seriously, that's a side, and I'm sorry. That's rough. Whew, that's rough. Are there Aggie fans in this church? We've we got to have some in here, right? Not today, I understand. Uh, right? UT fans are like, yeah, we almost won, which is, I mean, you lost still, so way to go there. But, but you look down the road, and you're like, I saw some Aggies really giving UT a hard time after they lost to uh, Alabama. Like on Facebook, they're like, oh, ha, 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 And like three hours later, they're losing Appalachian State, right? <laughs> Which I, I checked is not a state. There's not even a state called Appalachian, right? So like, I don't even know where the heck that is, um, right? Or, or else I was watching the U, U of H versus uh, Texas Tech game, and uh, Spencer Tillman's on the call, and some guy named Nehemiah, uh, runs in a touchdown for Tech, I guess. And he's like, Nehemiah, build me a wall. That's a straight-up biblical reference, right? That Nehemiah built the wall around the temple. I was like, what? What is that? It's like, that was free. That has nothing to do with anything. I just found it to be an odd biblical reference, just ham-handedly shoved into the middle of the Texas Tech game, okay? So, uh, yeah, and uh, good job, Tech, eventually making that win out there. DJ, I know you're a happy man, as happy as you can be. Well, you're a basketball school, right? <laughs> So, um, nah, that's probably enough football talk for, for now, at least. Um, but we all received the same Christ. So, so as of Jesus Take the Wheel, that's where I got from. Jesus Take the Wheel, Rockdale Football, now I'm talking about Spencer Tillman. You guys are the worst, okay? That's all on y'all out there with your listening skills making me go down those paths. So, <laughs> if we walk with Jesus long enough, we slowly begin to push Jesus out of the lordship seat, and we begin to take control of our own lives. And then we like kind of put Jesus in passenger, and now he's riding shotgun for a while. And then eventually, if you walk with Jesus long enough, you're like, why don't you just uh, go take a seat back there, Jesus? And we put something else riding shotgun. And soon enough, he's in the trunk, tied up, right? And we can't hear him at all. Right? Because we just, we just make Jesus do what we want. And we go back to the beginning when we received him, and he was everything. He was the one who rescued you from the power of hell. He was the one who took you from, from death's door in eternal separation and, and agony and, and, and brought you into like love and joy and peace and life eternal. And for some reason, as time goes forward, we lose the awe of what Jesus did on the cross. And we begin to think, yeah, but I've been doing this long enough, so I'm going to do things my own way. And churches have a tendency to do that to Jesus. We have a tendency to just kind of tweak Jesus a little bit as time goes forward. And so, and so instead of being the, the Savior, Son of God, he's like, he's the Savior, Son of God, but he's also, you know, really just kind of like, a, you know, kind of there with you, walk with you, kind of 
you know, like In the Garden, which I don't hate the song In the Garden, okay? I'm not necessarily against the song In the Garden. Um, but but like, you look at that Jesus, we're like, I like that Jesus. And if that's the only Jesus you have is the one walking with you in the garden, right, or the current worship song Jesus who's like basically your boyfriend, right? You listen to current worship music and like you're like, I'm pretty sure this is a love song that wouldn't get picked up in pop radio, so they turn it into a song about Jesus. Uh, also, this is also free for you. I don't, I'm giving away a lot of things today. Um, <laughs> I was listening to K-Love on the way, and I don't listen to K-Love because I didn't know it existed, um, but I got a new car, and so it was on, so I was listening to it on the way in, and, uh, and I'm driving in, and I'm going to pick up some powdered donuts and a uh, Pepsi. That's probably why I'm hyped up right now. Um, <laughs> I was going to get a powdered donut. That's a breakfast of champions right there. That's my mom, sorry, mom. Um, but I was going to pick up the, the powder dumps, and I'm listening to the radio, and, and this, this is like Christian radio, okay? And the lady's like, look, like if you just need to not go to church today and go for a drive, you just need someone to give you permission to do that, you just go do that. And I'm like, what? Like, like what? What? So I'm not saying stop listening to K-Love. I'm just saying, like, the people giving advice in K-Love suck, okay? So maybe, maybe don't listen to their advice, because, like, if you need to go, stop going to church to go for a drive to listen to more Caleb so they get more, like, Nielsen revenue points so that they can bump up whatever they're selling, uh, maybe, 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 maybe they're selling the gospel instead of giving it away. I'm just saying, like, that, this is one lady, whoever was on Sunday morning at this time, who's always skipping church, I guess, to go to Caleb. Um, she's giving permission, pe- people permission to skip church. Y'all don't need any help skipping church. Y'all are good at it. Right? Most people are pretty good at skipping church. They don't need some radio person. Like, they're on the way to church. Got dressed up. They're like, hey, if you don't want to go to church today, like, don't. Just go for a drive. And they're like, hmm? <laughs> that was frustrating to me, by the way. <laughs> so it's kind of like, what? I kind of listened. Like, I was in the parking lot. And I just listened a little longer to make sure that that's what she was saying. It was. It was. So, yeah, uh, don't do that. Don't take the, the thing that was like your, your whole life, your whole world, this Jesus who died on the cross for your sins, and then just make him into something that's like, yeah, you can be obeyed a little bit. Maybe you just need some me time, some you time, connect with yourself, just kind of get back into yourself. No, don't do that. Just as you receive Jesus in awe and wonder, walk with that Jesus. And how do you walk with Jesus? Well, you do it daily. Every day you wake up and you say, today I'm walking with Jesus. And you remember who you were before your salvation, who you were before you knew Jesus as your Lord, who you were going to be if Jesus had never saved you. And you think about that. You don't go for a drive and meditate on your life and how you're an awesome person. Because as I say often, you're not an awesome person. You... You stink. I do too. I do too. I'm with you there. Okay, we stink. So don't meditate on that. Meditate on how great Jesus is. Think on the things that Jesus did. Remember your salvation. And then when you remember that, then you go to God's word and you read God's word. And when you read about what Jesus did, you're like, of course he would do that. He died on the cross for me. Daily remembering your salvation is a wonderful spiritual discipline. Remembering who you were before Jesus, where you were going before Jesus, and what Jesus did to change you. And so maybe you today, today, maybe the only thing you need out of this sermon is that you just need to think back to who you were and where you were going before Jesus entered into your life. 
You need to walk with Jesus just as you received him. Not this kind of manipulated, changed Jesus who's there to manage your life and to meet your needs and to meet your expectation. We slowly turn Jesus into genie, right? And then he goes from the Lord of, of all creation to the one who we go to when we need something. Like, oh, I need something, so let me go ask Jesus for something. I need something, so I'm going to go pray to Jesus now. Right? No, no, stop. Christian, dear Christian, please stop. Do you ever wonder why your life is powerless, why your faith seems dead? It's because you have lost the wonder of what Jesus did. Because the fact that he rescued you from death and hell and set your feet on a firm foundation is all that we need to meditate on. The Bible's full of other wonderful, great, deep teachings. But if you read those deep teachings and you lose sight of who you were without Jesus and what Jesus did, you're going to manipulate God into being something that he's not. You're going to make a mismanaged, messed up, all sorts of screwed up version of God. Okay, so the first thing we need is we need to walk daily in the Christ that we receive. Verse 7 says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. That means that Jesus is the entirety of your foundation. See, we have a variety of foundations we try to build our lives on, right? And typical American consumerism would say you build your foundation on either your job platform, like what you do. You know, if someone asks me, you know, hey, what's your name? And I say, my name is Matt. And they say, well, what do you do? Like, that's like question two when we want to find out foundational stuff about who someone is. Right? And you're like, well, you know, like I'm a whatever, right? And you start talking about what you do. And a lot of us have built the foundation of our lives on the position that we occupy 40 plus hours a week. So whether that makes you an educator or a, a pastor or some sort of like businessman somewhere out doing something, what you do is who you are. You're like, I'm a nurse. And, and then we build our whole identity on that foundation. The problem when you build your identity on the foundation of your profession is your profession doesn't last forever. And you cease to be that thing. Like at some point, I, I don't know, maybe Lord willing, maybe not, will cease to be a pastor. Right? I'll be just some old dude sitting in a rocking chair somewhere. Right? I don't know. I don't know what retirement looks like for a pastor. I really have no idea. Um, yeah. But at some point, I'll cease to be the thing that, that, that my, my, my profession. At some point, you'll cease to be a cog in the machine that you work for. Right? And, spoiler alert, just so you know, the machine will keep trucking without you. It, it doesn't actually need you. You're like, well, it's my business. Well, yeah, maybe your business might cease to exist, but someone else is going to come in and service the same needs that you serviced. Not as well, not as good, not as whatever, but... but like, we're all replaceable cogs in the economy of America. Your profession, not a great baseline for you to build your, your life on. Because it doesn't work. Right? It shifts, it changes. You get a new boss, and all of a sudden your profession is no longer what it used to be. And, and so that's a bad foundation. Then we go with, what, like, economic security. That's another thing. Or we start trying to build up the number in the bank account. We get enough in our, in, inside of our retirement accounts. We get enough inside of our savings account. We have enough inside of land assets that we feel secure. And we base our security on that foundation. 
financially we're stable, but then we get you know, 9% inflation or 7.5% inflation or something, and all of a sudden we're like, oh my goodness, I don't know how much money I have because it's not worth anything anymore. Right? Obviously, like 7.5% inflation is not great, but like your money's still worth something. But it's not worth what it was last year or last week or last month. Right? And so if your economic foundation is your foundation, I want you to know that stuff can go away real quick. Like it can disappear in an instant. The stuff that you think you have, all of a sudden someone makes a claim to and you're in, you know, you're in court somewhere and someone's taking all your money. And you don't even know what happened. It is not a sure foundation. Money, like, is a tool for ministry. And so long as you use your money as a tool for ministry, I think that you have a good understanding for it. Once money becomes the foundation for your life, making more, building more, making it a more solid foundation there, it will destroy you. It is, you will never have enough. Your foundation will never be secure enough. You know, I've met people before, and they're like, you know, we're going to wait to have kids till we're ready, till we're financially, emotionally secure. And I'm like, you were never having a child because you were never ready. <laughs> you were never financially ready to have a child. Because like, what happens is you get the money that you thought you would need to have a kid. Like, let's say you said, man, I want to have X number of dollars in the bank. And you get to X number of dollars in the bank. And then all of a sudden, you like prize cribs and stuff. And you're like, whoa, kids are more expensive now. We need a little bit more. And what if we have twins? And then, and then all of a sudden, you're never there, right? You know when, you know when you're ready to have a kid is when you're at a movie theater somewhere. And someone calls you and says, hey, do you want a baby? And your wife says, of course, we'll take the baby. And then you end up with the baby because that's how I have kids now, okay? <laughs> right. Right, that's, that's, that's how I have children, apparently. Right, you, you're never ready, and so we think, like, one day I'll be ready. Your foundation is never secure. Money is an unsure foundation. Right, the federal government could topple tomorrow. The U.S. dollar could be worth nothing. I don't think the federal government could topple tomorrow. It feels like more than a, a probably like a week-long effort to make that whole thing come down. But, like, I mean, it, it's a bad foundation. So what it should be our foundation, we should be rooted, right? We, we should be established in our faith in who Jesus is because he's, he's unchanging. One of the qualities of God that makes him different than anything else uh, that, that we deal with as far as foundations is that he's immutable. That's a, that's a church word, a $3 church word maybe. It means he's unchanging. He doesn't change. He was the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. He's predictable. He will be exactly what he's always been. He doesn't just change because the breezes change. You know, you come in and out of favor with your boss and go in and out of favor uh, with things. The stock market can go up or down. But Jesus, God, is unchanging. It's who he is. That's why he's a sure foundation. Because you build your life on him and he's not moving. And so you need to build the entirety of your life on Jesus. Stop being about who you are, what your profession is, what the amount of money you make is, what your position is in relation to other people. Like, some people build their life on their relationship to other people. Like, I'm a father to seven children. That is the right number. I have seven children. I'm the father of seven, right? And, I, and it's easy to build my relationship, my, my whole foundation, about the fact that I am the father of seven. Like, there's seven people that call me dad. And so that's kind of who I am. And it's a big part of who I am. I'm not going to lie. It's a huge part of who I am. But you know what? Like, that foundation isn't steady, because right, I got a 19-year-old now who I talk to, you know, once a week or so, right? Like, like it, and if my whole life is built on being a father to, to, to him, like, it, it changes. Some of you have gone through this, right? You've, you've launched your kids successfully. Good work. Congratulations to those of you who've succeeded in this task. Out into adulthood, and you see him some, and you talk to him some, but the relationship isn't the same. 
You're still mom, you're still dad, but you're not what you were. The foundation shifts. Stop building your life on what other people, how you relate to other people, on the money that you can make, on the job that you have. Your life will not withstand the trials that will come to it unless it's built on the foundation that does not move. So, so build your foundation, uh, build on the foundation, which is Christ Jesus, your faith in Christ Jesus. And if you will do these things, if you will walk daily with Christ Jesus, if you will remember just as you receive Jesus, you walk daily with him. And, and if you will build on that foundation of faith in Jesus, if you'll do those things, this is what your life will look like. It will be abounding in thanksgiving. The Christian life is a thankful life. It's not a woe is me life. It's not a oh, look at how put upon I am. Right? It is a thankful life. Because if you remember who you were and where you were going and the pathway to hell that you were on, and God just took you off of that, it is a thankful place to be every day. Everything else can go bad. I mean, everything else can go bad. Your, 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 your relationship with your wife can go sour for a season, right? Your kids can, can, can go wayward for a season. Life can throw all sorts of chaos. Your finances can go upside down. The world can go crazy. But if you remember who you were before Jesus... Like, you, you have a reason to be thankful today. Because you were rescued from the power of hell and set on, on, on a firm foundation. Guys, guys we, we should be a thankful people. Sometimes I think Christians miss this. We, 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 we seem like we're so put upon. Because culture is against us. And by the way, culture is against us. Right? Like, it is not... Like, there was a time when being a Christian in Rockdale, Texas was necessary... For societal acceptance. <laughs> you, you had to go to church X, Y, or Z. You know, you either had to go here, the Methodist church, the Episcopalian church, the Christian church. Maybe the Catholic church, they'll be kind of, you might have been on like a side of society over there because it's a little bit different over there. But you had to be a part of those, those groups to be accepted inside of society. That day is not today. That's not today. We do not live in an area that requires some sort of religious devotion. It just doesn't require that. Instead, what it requires, instead of this idea of religious devotion, is like this idea of like being true to you. And so a lot of people don't have any need for, for Christianity. And there's a lot of hostility out there. Like the world is a hostile place to believers. I mean, Caleb's telling you not to go to church, right? And that's Christian radio. I'm still a little thrown off by this. <laughs> like, I've heard some bad advice from pastors before, so I know, like, by the way, I've given some bad advice as a pastor. So, like, I know we're all kind of fallen, but I was like, geez, over the radio. What a terrible, terrible. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Guys, we, we, we <laughs> but if, if the world's against us, which it can be, there's still no reason to pout and complain that the world isn't what it used to be. The pine for, for, for that society would become what it was in some era that you really thought was better, the 70s or the 50s or the 30s or 1776 or whatever you think is the golden era of America. I don't really care. The golden era of your type of Christianity. Guys, we don't need to pine for that. Like God has placed you in this time for a purpose. And it's not to be sour about what's going on. It's to be faithful where God has put you. 
and we should look grateful. Now, we can war against the cultures and the systems that are opposed to us. We can do war against the the work of Satan and the world around us. We can war against those things. But with all of that said, if we're doing war, if we're doing battle against the forces of evil, we should do it with a grateful heart because you have been saved. Because we've, we've won already. We have certain victory already. This travails here on this side of eternity are very short compared to the history that we're about to make in eternity with our Father. Don't get so caught here. We got this future. And we win. And we, we, we win because Christ won. Right? I don't win. I, I would lose every time. But Christ won, and he's on my side. That's not true. I'm on his side. That's better. Christ fighting for me. Yeah, Matt. No, no. Christ fights for himself. And I'm on his side. So when he wins battle, I win. Guys, we have victory. I mean, we sing that sometimes, victory in Jesus, right? That song you may have heard sung before. Right? We have victory. And so we don't, we don't need to be all defeated all the time. We should be thankful, grateful, optimistic. Because this world, while, while maybe going to pot around us, that right, isn't our forever home. And there is victory already won. So be thankful today. Maybe you need to stop being so sour. Maybe your public decorations need to stop being about how everything's going to pot. And you need to celebrate how great God is. Because God is doing great things and bringing salvation today. I don't know when the day of your salvation was. I don't know when you realized Jesus died on the, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And Rosie, I don't know when that was for you personally. But whenever that was, that was a day of victory. And today, somewhere, maybe in this room, maybe in the city, certainly in this state, it's a day of victory. Someone's coming to faith today. Victories are still being won. Christ is still pushing back the gates of hell. Guys, we, we, we're on the good side of this, so just stay rooted in Jesus. Not some Jesus that you've changed into something else, but the Jesus that you received. Paul's going to spend the rest of Colossians talking about how we need to avoid like heresies and false teachings. They're almost the rest of it. We've got to be careful not to fall into these false teachings that are out there. But stay rooted in Jesus. And if you'll be rooted in Jesus, and if you'll be established in Jesus, and if you'll walk in Jesus then we should have an attitude of thankfulness everywhere we go. You should be thankful today. Don't wait till the fourth Sunday in November when the Cowboys lose to whoever. Don't wait till then. Right? Huh? Yeah, I am a Texan fan, and look, yeah. Cowboys definitely look more optimistic this year than we do, okay? But yeah, like, don't wait till Thanksgiving to begin to be thankful. Guys, you have reason to be thankful today. And I've seen it before. It's a powerful testimony. When you see someone who's been struck with grief and loss and sorrow and and despair, and most people would have given up, and then you look at them, and there's something about them where they're resolutely facing things because they know who they believed in. And they're persuaded that he is able to keep that which was committed to him unto that day. Right? They, they know that Jesus is good enough. So even though death has come, even though sorrow has come, even though loss has come, like victory has already been won. 
and they hold on to that. Guys, that, that is a wonderful thing to hold to. So if you're here today and you need to trust in that Jesus, it's a good day to trust in Jesus. I'd love to introduce to him. I would love nothing more than to get you started on the walk of faith so you can experience what it means to live victoriously with gratefulness every single day. Maybe you need to join a church. Guys, this church isn't perfect. The pastor, this guy here, I think I said sucks in the sermon. Did I actually say that out loud? I feel like I did. Uh, that would be second time just now as I asked the question. That's not great, Matt. Right? Like, I'm not perfect. I'm a messed up crooked stick. But I love Jesus, and I want you to love him too. And I want to work with you around that. If you want to join a church that's trying to love Jesus, striving to make Jesus known, you can join this church. Right? Maybe, maybe you just need to go back and do some business with God. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you've let the foundation shift. Maybe your walking with Jesus hasn't been the way it should. And you just need to take a moment. You need to say, God, I need to, to get right with you. You want me to pray with you? I'll pray with you. You can do it in your seat. I'm not, there's no special magic power that I possess. Right? I love Jesus. I'll pray for you. I'd love to. But you can do it in your seat. You can pray and say, God, help me. Help me to walk with you today. Help me to put my foundation back on you today. Whatever it is that you need to do, we're going to have an invitation. You can come and talk to me. And I would love nothing more than to minister to you. But guys, we have victory in Jesus. So live a grateful life today rooted in Christ. Let me pray.